0: When you get there to think, do I belong here? What more am now, I doing? More now. I am now. totally that's out of my view. But you quickly way. learn that when you start to have conversations with people, that you've got something in
1: common. I to make the trails I like the idea of um, um, taking that first step, that's I am. I have this idea that the kids these days need to do X, you know, or this uh, one kid in my class can't do Z, and i so much so to make sure of our we're not that
2: that a student. A student. Welcome to Ed Trek's Rewind.
0: And just like that, we're back with another episode of the Ed Trek's Rewind podcast. I'm Quinn Henderson. I'm Matt Winters. And today, joining us, I'll let him introduce himself. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? I'm Wayaka Makia. Yeah, easy for you to say. Yeah, yeah. So, good to <laughs> have you here. five
1: times fast. I
0: know, that's why I had you say it. I'm like, I, if I say it, I'm going to mess it up. But it's great <laughs> to have you here, Wyaka. Uh, especially your last name. That's the one I would yeah, really trip up on. So, uh, Wyaka, tell us a little bit about what you do. And you can tell where at. That's up to you.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I am a junior high teacher. I teach science. Um, I love it. Currently, I'm teaching just ninth grade biology. In um, earth science for the most part, um, but yeah, I can. I just love teaching. I, I currently teach at a Quest Academy out here in West Haven, Utah, um, but I love it. Um, I love teaching. It's fun. It's fun to be with the students and uh, expand some young minds, you know? Well,
0: yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: and Wayaka's is going to be joining us for a couple episodes coming up. We're going to talk about lots of stuff, so he's got lots of questions, which is exciting for us as podcasters, so, and today, what we're going to focus on.
0: WIACA, are you going to break it? Sure, break sure, sure. Yeah, well, I'll do it.
1: Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, competency-based learning um, and its role in education as of right now. Yeah.
2: And I'm I'm newer to the subject matter. Yeah. Uh, WIACA has been doing it at his school for a while. I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around it so I can do it at my school. And then we're both on a state of Utah committee, which is really cool to kind of talk about this issue and get it out to the larger community of teachers here in the state, which is Awesome.
0: Yeah. And we dipped our toe in, in competency-based conversation a little bit in our last episode. And that's really what I see yeah. in working with schools all over the place is that they're all in a little bit different place and they're trying to wrap their mind around it. And some are further along than others. Yeah. And it's exciting that it's happening in our own backyard, the conversation around competency-based education. So let's break it down. What is competency-based education?
2: I'm going to let you roll with that one while I could.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so competency-based education, um, I would say, is it focuses significantly more on skills, like the acquisition of skills and knowledge, um, more so than just your points and percentages within schools. Um, So there's a couple of different things that are different about competency-based learning than your normal percentage-based or your traditional style schooling. Um, And mostly what it comes down to is uh, we want the students to be able to uh, learn something and kind of go at their own pace as they figure it out, um, acquire a skill uh, or skill sets even, multiple skills, and the knowledge needed to pass that skill off. And once they've showed or demonstrated that they know that skill well enough, then they can move on. Um, I guess in a traditional setting, you would normally kind of have to go with the pace of the, the whole class and everyone's doing the same thing at the same time. Um, and it didn't really matter so much if you knew the skill or not. It was just, here's this content. If you knew it, take the test. If you got a you know an 80% or better, then great. You're moving moving you along. And so um, that's just kind of a rough idea about competency-based. I'm sure as we dive into it, there'll be a few more principles we can talk about that kind of govern competency-based learning. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what have you seen of it so far in your, I guess, your, uh, your areas?
0: Yeah, so the the thing that comes to mind is that a lot of schools that are doing competency-based, they focus on set of skills that they feel are are really relevant for their students. And a lot of them overlap from school to school or district to district or area, and there are some that are different. So I I would be curious to know, know, what type of skills do you focus on at Quest or what type of skills are you looking at developing in students along with their content knowledge and regular curriculum? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I
1: guess we kind of take a, a whole approach here to the student, right, because we know that, uh, you know, some students love, love the STEM fields and we are a STEM school, so we definitely are going to support that. Um, however, we also know that there are a lot of other jobs out there that may not be directly in those fields. And so we want to make sure that our, our students acquire a broad set of skills uh, some of those are like the, the traditional, you know, like the four C's of education, you know, your communication, your creativity, your critical thinking, your collaboration skills. We, we're very uh, heavy on those um, uh, in addition to the content. But for example, uh, for me, um, because I teach science, uh, some of the things that I'm looking at in terms of skill sets are like, do they understand cause and effect relationships? Mm. Um, you know, being able to read Data. That's an important skill set to learn. Is you know, uh, collecting data, analyzing data, interpreting data. Uh, Those are things that I care about in terms of my my science class because that's a (coughs) excuse me a a skill that can um, be used in many different fields. It's not just in science. You can use that in business. You can uh, use that in uh, even in education, right? As we're starting to learn to, that how much data drives what we do, um, learning that skill set of collecting data and analyzing and interpreting it is, is
0: critical. So are you looking at skills then within your school as, you know, really individual teachers? Or are you defining them as school-wide? Because, you know, you look at communication, collaboration, creativity, critical thinking. Those are pretty universal. When you look at cause and effect... They're a little more specific. Now, yeah. do the teachers say, okay, these are the skills that I'm focusing on with my students? Or is there more of a consensus on a bucket of skills that you focus on?
1: No, that's a good question. I think for the most part, uh, yeah, the general skills we all agree upon. That's what we want to incorporate into our classes, like the four Cs. Um, but specifically to our uh, what we're teaching, our subject matters, I would say that each teacher kind of has their their specific um, their specific skills that they're focusing on. And, and I would say as of right now, we're not, we're not so hardcore that we have outlined every single skill that's needed. Um, and so I would say within the science uh, department, we're a little bit more aligned as to what we're doing because we all agree upon like, what a student would need, whether they are going to take that to you know, you know, higher education or just out into the real world. Um, but I, I don't know exactly what like math has decided or what our ELA
0: department has decided. And well, I think that's when you identify those skills, something that you you pointed out, whether it's like analyzing data and cause and effect, that that's not going to happen just in science. It's those transferable skills, right? What are students learning right now that they'll be able to take and apply to whatever it is they're doing in the future? And they've had some kind of lived experience saying, yeah. Analyze the data. And this is, I, I was able to do this. It's not going to be the exact same situation, but now they've had some type of experience.
2: Well, and going off of that too, this, it, it seems like, and this might be just a nice byproduct, is that when we talk about competency-based education, it takes less of the emphasis on the standard. Like you have the standard and you want the kid to achieve the standard but it's not, I'm going to test the standard until they know it. It's going to be, I'm going to check the standard to make sure they understand it, but that standard becomes something more flexible because I'm teaching more skills than just the standard. And so in that case, it seems like one of the nice byproducts is interdisciplinary education. So rather than it being one thing, I'm just teaching science. I'm going to teach you how to do the scientific method. It becomes, hey, we're going to learn some science, but we're also going to learn some math. We're going to write some essays. We're going to do some history in here as well. And it opens up, really cool doors for, for teachers to enter through that would otherwise be closed.
0: Yeah, what, what you're saying right there, I think that entering through the doors that are otherwise closed, I think when a lot of teachers start to think about competency-based education and how am I going to teach or really enforce communication um, in this type of experience, I think teachers start to think more outside of the box and saying, okay, let me think more about how I can really support effective and productive communication within this lesson, while I'm teaching this content that I was teaching before, and it creates a whole different experience. And I, I what happens a lot of the times is the students start to latch on more of why what they're learning is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot more value behind that. Well,
2: and they see a larger picture too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you look at a, an educator who is focused, who does a really good job. Let's let's you know cut through it. They do a really great job teaching their science standards or the math standards or the ELA standards. If that's the only thing they're focused on and that's the only thing the kid's getting they're not going to see the other things that connect to that like for instance i had this uh, experience just last week teaching um an introduction to my cement to my students and we dropped into history started teaching 18th century uh history of uh, transcontinental railroad the chinese exclusion act leading to issues with labor which led to the great depression and my students were like this is weird You're you're teaching us history in here. I was like, yeah, but you need to know that to
0: understand the literature. And now, so, what a lesson on context and communication, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And so it's it's showing that there's more connection between the, the ideas than they would normally see. And I see that as a cool byproduct of thinking about competency, but also personalized education as we go through Well,
0: and that's, that's some words that they're using in our state are personalized competency-based learning, right? And that's something that I, I haven't heard a whole lot as I've traveled around. People take, talk about competency-based or those essential skills that they're trying to develop in their students alongside what they're already learning in that knowledge and content. So, you know, Utah's putting a little bit different twist on it, saying personalized competency-based, you know. So, question is, what does that look like now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, boy. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was gonna say that, like, both Matt and I just recently went to a meeting where we we actually talked about this very thing. Is um, now the two things are being paired together: personalized learning and competency based, right? Um, and it was some great discussion. I think I think it's still being fleshed out. It's not mm-hmm. fully fleshed out all the way, and we're still like working through exactly what this looks like. Um, but for the most part, um, one of the things that I said at this meeting that we were just at together um was just with with humans we're, we're very bold creatures right we're, we have we're very very unique all of us are different um as much as like we like we want to think that we're all very much the same all of us learn differently all of us perceive information differently and have different ways to do so so that's why the personalized comes in and as you're learning a new skill set um there's no there's no guarantee that if a, if a teacher teaches it one way that every single student is going to get it that way um is going to understand it the way the teacher you know displayed it in front of the class and so that's where this whole the teacher needs to be personalized and needs to help the student find the way to master that skill or skill sets um in a way that they understand right and that's kind of where the two kind of like merge together in that world um but yeah it's
0: it's still something pretty new i would say so we don't exactly know where we're going exactly just yet but Well, and that's one of those things that will really take a teacher outside of their comfort zone, right? You're starting to say, first, competency-based skills. I've got to focus on that as well as teach this all of this content and curriculum. And I've also got to personalize it. How am I ever going to manage all of that? And there's, there's, seems like there's really the schools and districts that, that have started to do it and have done it well. I guess if you're going to think personalized is how do you get a student to really self-evaluate, understand what skills they need or what what they excel at already or what gaps in their skills are there and get them to take some initiative and action saying, oh, when I demonstrate or show my knowledge with this, I'm going to do it this particular way because that will help me build this particular skill, right? I mean, that's I mean a perfect world saying right? students take control of your education <laughs> to figure out what you need. But then how you give teachers the right tools and experience and resources so they're tuned in to that as well but not feel overwhelmed?
2: Well, I think that's the key point right there. I mean, the students are going to be—they'll have to work with it because if that's the trend, it's, it's how it's going to work out. It's just like when we had to switch over to state testing in the '90s. I mean, we had students just had to roll with the trend because it became a state mandate. Um, but with teachers, though, how they perceive something can change the entire outcome of something in a school, in a district, in a state. Because if we—if we were to plop down on the table, you know, the next year. Everyone's gonna switch over to competency based. Everyone's gonna switch over to personalized. There's no more grade level it's chaos and pandemonium. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And everyone's gonna step out of their skins and be like, "No, I don't want this. Like, this mm-hmm. is too much." So, figuring out, I think that's gonna be not just in Utah, but state, nationwide, and maybe even globally. How do we make those moves towards these two amazing ideas? Because I do think they're amazing ideas. Like getting personalized education, whew, that's awesome. But how do you do that and how do you make it acceptable for teachers to digest it and then incorporate it as well?
0: Yeah, to have the confidence, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is, oh, this is great. This is what students need. This is right in line with what I signed up to be a teacher about is to prepare these students for the future. This is how it's shifting. I'm on board. I'm ready to go. And one of the things that we've always kind of talked about when we're talking about our our team at Future Design School competency-based education is it's not about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And that's usually where teachers really connect, saying you're already doing great things. You're already teaching students. They're having great experiences. We need to take it one step further and add in things like real-world scenarios and competency-based skills that are going to help better prepare students on top of what you're doing. Not instead of. Right. But kind of like how do we build and scale what we're doing already? Well, something I want to add
1: on to that is just especially as we talk about like that transitioning, uh, I think I really think that it will be a culture shock for a lot of educators because um, it is a different mindset as you approach this style of learning. However, there I feel like there are a few principles that can be you know used as guidelines to kind of soften the blow. And. Some of them will be principles that the, a teacher needs to adhere by, and some of them will be things that the student needs to adhere by. Uh, for example, an important skill that a student will need to understand in this process is how to be introspective, right? How to look inwardly and actually have an honest conversation with themselves and say, I believe, I think I am here, or I understand this much. And as you know, my school made that transition, we've, we've been doing this for a couple of years now, we still have students who don't understand that fully. And we notice that that's a weakness and that if we had you know, maybe applied that skill sooner, it would have been an easier in transi- uh, transition for our students uh, to be able to just evaluate where they are. Because that says nothing about um, you know, changing the framework of the class or our assessments yet. That's just teaching them a basic, a basic skill that they can apply to their own learning in a traditional model versus you know, a personalized, competency-based model as well. And so that's something I feel like could also help soften the blow of, of, in terms of making that transition.
0: I want to, even if you take kind of a, a step back too. I'm, as you're saying all this, you know, you think about, we haven't really talked about why competency-based education in very much detail or depth, but, you know, we're doing that, right? The shift is coming because we don't know what, what the future holds for students. Right. So different jobs. And I, you, you touched on it earlier, too, is, you know, you might you might be a STEM student now, but you might go into a different field, but you need those STEM skills. So it's just this mixed mash of of skills and possibilities that, you know, you might be a language arts teacher, but you've got to be writing something else. And so you need a little bit of this over here experience over there. And that's what what the future is, is a big probably mash-up. I, I don't find the right words right now, but a big mashup of, of different things, and it's those that diverse set of skills that will help students be successful.
2: I, I, I agree with you so much on all of that, both of you guys, but here's my... Should we hug? Is that yeah. yeah. where that yeah. was going? Huh? big competency-based <laughs> <But yeah>. hug. <laughs> here's, here's my worry, though, and this is something I didn't voice in that meeting. Here's yeah. something that's just kind of sent back with me, with me, with me, me as, a, a, as a, you know, maybe it's that <laughs> punk rock upbringing that I have that I'm like, ah... Is that against yeah. all establishment? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so on one end we have traditional, on the other end we've yeah, got this competency, based personalized learning. You know, you could put them in a duality or like a dichotomy here, like one on the other end, those sorts of things. The problem is, is that that I see is that we 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 fear a lot of a lot of students and teachers fear traditional models because it pushes students into a certain box of thought. They're an A student, a B student, a C student, a D student, an F student, whatever it is, Um, in certain classes, and then then that stems different ideas, like, I'm bad at math because I didn't get that A, or I'm not going to go to science because I can't do this, and I'm bad at English because I can't write an essay. On the flip side, we have personalized competency-based education, which, my worry is that it does kind of the same thing, is that we're putting kids into boxes over on this side, we're going to put them into boxes on this side. The box on this end though is gonna be that the student is so pushed to find their niche early that they feel like they have to stay in that niche. And if educators aren't savvy and and trained properly, they won't help students be like, "No, no, 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 that's just where you are right now. Let's move forward. And that's one of my big worries is that I don't want students to be so entrenched in one or the other model that they don't actually find their place in education does that make sense yes it does because i'm coming
0: i'm coming up let me see if this helps support what you're saying there because it it, it puts a picture in my head so i think about here you have cold on one end hot on the other end right you go jump into the shower you don't go usually to one end right and we're all going to dial in a little bit differently to that temperature that's ideal for us and i think the idea behind it and, and i think what make will make it most successful, is maybe you're more on that traditional end, but how do you turn that dial a little bit, both individually and as a teacher, to say, where's, where's where I need to be? What's right for me, right? And so you're not going all the way to that competency base and that's all you think about. And then as a teacher, when a, a student starts to trend that direction to know, okay guys, we need to dial back just a little bit to get in this zone because we need to make sure we have this whole picture in mind. And I think it's gonna take a lot of tuning and it will take some experimenting on teachers' art to say, okay, what's working, what's not working? And that's where they, they land. Rather than saying, I need to do this and just implement and go, go, go. It's like, what's the feedback loop that's gonna tell me where I'm at and where my students are at so I can dial in better?
2: Well, and that goes to my, like, I, the two verbs that I always go back to with this is we gotta inventory teachers who are doing this well, what they're doing, how they're doing it, and then we gotta train teachers on those skills. Especially on the local level, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you yeah, guys are going to speak to this in a second, I'm sure, sure but you, you guys probably watch, watch each other teach, share each other's teaching methods, methods, what's going well in your classroom, and, and that's catered to your school. school. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you, you know, know where, where I teach, I'd have to do have that for my school. school that's it's a completely different environment because it's a much larger scale. And so then we have to think about district and then we have to think about state because Utah is a very different place than California and Oregon.
0: Well you know I love how you're describing this right now because the inventory part where is everybody at and that's from a district level to an individual school level within districts to the charter school or independent schools everybody's in a different place and so how do you really honor where we're at or where teachers are at already and then start to implement that right in a very successful way and, and use a framework that is repeatable that they can use over and over again to help get them where they want to go, because you know you can't go say, okay, wow, okay, you guys have been doing this for two years now. Go to math school who hasn't really started the conversation yet, and just take where you're at and, and plug it in over here. There are so many things to consider. So really, stepping teachers and leaders through the process of where they're at and then where they want to go to be able to paint that picture. So, and I'm not going to, this is, I could plug in a commercial right here, because that's my big wish right now with, with the competency-based education, especially in Utah and the work that I'm doing. I would love to just say, hey, where are you guys at? You know, where where is your school at? Where are you going? Um, maybe this framework that we've applied in lots of other places might be beneficial to you, or let's just at least have a conversation so you can have some ideas on where to go, because the big challenge is, and, and Matt matt pointed this out early on was you know where we kind of understand what it is you know we kind of know that it's coming but how do we actually implement it where does the rubber hit the road and how do we start to make progress forward so it's like it's all theoretical in a way out there but how do we actually start to apply it i think that's really what everybody's trying to wrap their mind around that's correct to the concrete (laughs) yes absolutely i think of concretes i think of ice cream (laughs) Right. They have the yeah, concrete. Nice you know, yeah. All right. I've got. I've got an idea. Um, I'm trying to wrap up the episode right here, and this is just kind of on the spot. We'll go around. and We'll name skills that we think students need for the future. I'll give you. I'm buying you some time right now as I say this. But you can just say one. You can go to the easy ones. But we'll see how many we can kind of throw out that students might need. For the future, and you're welcome to pass if you if you come up with a pass. We'll just see how many we can throw out off the top of our head. I'm just gonna
2: go to my first one. Okay, well, you, the you, one that, that, that we talked about last episode, which is
1: curiosity. Curiosity. Oh, that's a good one. Dang it. That's a good one. It is a good one. You can't go with <laughs> he took mine. Well, no. That's, I mean, that's difficult. that's a that's an amazing answer. I mean, that encompasses so much. Okay, uh, just off the top of my head, I would say. Uh, important skills deciphering good information from bad information.
0: Okay, I'll go with uh, an entrepreneurial mindset. Nice. Oh, that's a good one too. Uh, empathy. Ooh, love that one. It's good. Uh,
1: I'm going to say um, cause and effect actually, yeah.
0: I will go with uh, global vision. You're definitely a science teacher. Yeah. <laughs> cause and effect, no. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I, I gotta I'm just say like appreciation. appreciation. Yeah. Hmm. Like, appreciate, like appreciate, like, and extending,
1: extending it a little bit, appreciation, appreciation for things that you, that
2: you don't understand. understand. Hmm. Uh, uh,
1: I'm going Okay. Yeah, this is this is my first, first non-science science one. This it, is the, the thing, thing I feel is the most valuable skill, at least in my life yeah. that I've yeah. you know have gotten you know all my experience. Uh, I'm gonna say communication.
0: Hmm. Communication. Very good. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna go with stewardship
1: elaborate.
0: (laughs) Well, I just think that's that's part of the world that we live in. How do we take care of the world that we live in, right? How do we act responsibly within our environments? And I think you can apply that to a wide scale of things. You know, stewardship, even just within the neighborhood I live in, right? How do I really take care of that particular place or the community or the county or the state? Um, How do we just be good stewards of our spaces and where we live. Cool.
2: And the, and the last minute we have, can I switch the question for you? Uh, yeah. yeah. You, you can what are skills that we that we don't, don't think students need? Or things that we, we don't want students to have going into the future?
0: I go super negative right off that. Um, trying to think, capture the right word. Um, I'll say pessimistic. Um, I'm gonna say a
1: uh, yeah, just like a, a fixed mindset. That's too dangerous.
2: I'm gonna go with a grade mindset. mindset A
0: B C D. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, grade, grade mindset. mindset. We gotta get rid of that. Yeah, I would agree. Cool. Yeah, let's just destroy that. That's what we'll do next. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, let's just wrap up this episode. We'll go destroy that mindset. <laughs> we'll be good to go. We'll be back in a couple years. Oh, we could probably. I mean, this is this is another topic that we could roll with, keep going, and figure out. You know, what are all of those competencies? Why it's important? It's great to hear that that's starting to shift. I'm excited to see where it goes.
2: Yeah, me, me too. too
0: so Wackett it's been great to have you here we're looking forward to have you more on uh, upcoming episodes Um, but this has been another episode of the Edtrex Rewind podcast I'm Quinn Henderson I'm Matt Winters and we'll talk to you next time see you guys